welcome back to Mind Your Business. Once again, we are in the studio, and today my guest is Zanita Whitley. She is a long-term resident of Muncie, Indiana. She has been married to William Whitley for 11 years, and she has been a foster parent since 2007. She has two adoptive children, and one of them, she has a stepson, I'm sorry, who was in college, and she just had her daughter that graduated. She's been employed at tw um, for 22 years at IU Ball Health, and she is currently a respite care emergency cases or short stays. She has um, a daughter from foster care that just went home that was with her from April to the end of September, but she babysits sometimes when needed. She has a passion for helping other people realize that older children need homes too, and she is formerly an adoption champion. She has volunteered for the NICU as a cuddler and for First Choice for Women doing spreadsheets. And she is my friend for over 35 years. And I love her. And I am so thankful that she agreed to come on today because this is a very important topic that we will be talking about. We will be talking about the foster care system and the adoptive family and how important it is to be a part of that world and to understand what it is for the children living in foster care, the foster care parents, and the adoptive parents, and the children waiting to be adopted. So without any further ado, we will now welcome Miss Zanita Whitley. Well, hold on. There she is. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come on and talk to me. And so I won't keep you very long because I know you're a very busy woman, but I just know you've got some information that you can share that you can help other people understand what it is to foster and to adopt. So if you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and why you became a foster parent. Okay. Um, again, my name is uh, Zanita Whitley, um, lifelong resident of Muncie, Indiana. I've been a foster parent since uh, the spring of 2007. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a foster parent from about the age of 15. Um, I was interested in it. And so um, in 2007, um, I decided to go ahead and um, make that commitment. And um, it's wonderful. Um, my passion um, in fostering, um, I used to be an adoptive uh, champion um, for um, a company out of Indianapolis where I went around and um, shared information uh, concerning fostering and adopting. Uh, my, my passion is older children um, because um, normally when it comes to fostering, everyone wants the babies. Um, but older children, they need a home as well. And so we've always fostered um, older children, school-age children. Um, my last foster daughter that just went home, she actually just left my house because I was babysitting. Um, she was three when she came. So that was my very first uh, young child experience. And so that, that was a great one um, as well. And so... Um, just going to share with you uh, my story um, about fostering and then how I came to also be adoptive parent. Um, 
me and my husband, um, first it was just me. I was single and fostering. And then I got married and then my husband had to get licensed. Um, in order to be a foster parent, you have to uh, fill out a lot of paperwork. You have to have a background check. You have to have a home study, which means they come to your home and they check out everything. They interview you. You have to do all of that good stuff um, to become a, a licensed foster parent. And you also have to get hours in um, yearly. I believe it's 10 to 12 hours of training per year. You also have to maintain your CPR license um, and stay current on bloodborne pathogens and things like that, just to make sure you know how to keep um, children safe. So um, we were um, fostering. We never talked about adopting, never really considered it. I just loved fostering. Um, the whole joy of fostering to me is to be a part of the process to reunite children with their families. Um, because children really want to be, you know, with their family. And so if I can help that in any way, then um, that that's my goal. And that's what we try to do. Um, I also um, always try to um, keep in contact with the bio parent um, just to assure them, you know, because sometimes it could be scary for them. They're like, somebody has my child. Um, they can even look at you like the bad person um, because you have their child. So I assure them right away that I am only here to um, take care of your child until you are well enough to take care of your child. And so I always like to assure them of that. But with our um, adoption story, we had, um, who are my children now, Brian and Samara. Samara's 18, she's a senior. And Brian is 15. He's a sophomore. And then I have a son that's in college. He's in uh, Illinois State. Um, so Brian and Samira were with us um, for time went very quickly. So about two years, I believe they were with me, uh, with me and Will. And um, they end up terminating a parent's rights. And that's when the court allows them so much time to, you know, do whatever it is they order them to do. And if not, then um, your your rights can be terminated. Well, um, I remember just like it was yesterday when the case manager came over to tell um, our kids, they were six and nine when they came to live with us. So um, came to tell us, tell them that um, their mother's rights were terminated and that they're going to find them a new home. And I can remember plain as day, they were sitting in the middle of the floor and they turned around just nonchalant and they said, well, it doesn't matter. We're staying here anyway. And so me and my husband looked at each other like, okay, so we got adopted. So that, that's how that went. And so um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, has it always been easy? No, um, but it has been worth it. Uh, we have two great children um, that I'm very uh, proud of. Um, fostering, um, we need foster parents. We need um, a variety of foster parents. We need Caucasian, African-American, you know, Mexican. We need a, a variety. 
because um let me explain this to you so say um i'm a foster parent and I have to place a caucasian child with me um because um i i was available to take the foster child now this child is scared for one now they've been ripped away from their home and in in their mind that's that's what they're thinking and now you've tossed them into a different culture now think about that not only did they have to leave what is uh familiar to them now they're in a different culture where there's different food music television shows everything so if we have a a broader um span of foster parents then that would help a lot and plus it is so many children thousands in indiana alone that are waiting to be adopted and basically they're older children because um people tend to um want the babies um they feel that older teens will um or older kids in general are already set in their ways and you can't help them um that's not true uh, to an extent, it is, but it's not true. Um, you can um, love that child, you can help that child, and the majority of the time, that child will come around to you. Um, so, um, older children, I, I like dealing with them because they can tell me what's wrong with them, whereas little babies, you're crying. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what to do. But older kids, I've never had a problem getting them to talk. You know, they may come in with their arms crossed, sit there on the couch. I don't want anything to eat. No, you know, just this. I mean, just just give me a good hour. And, you know, we're best buds. And so um, they can communicate. We get to talk. I get to know them. They get to know me. And I have honestly, since 2007, never had a foster child to disrespect me. Um, and they've all been older, with the exception of the one um, recently, which is four. So um, I just want to encourage you that um, if you choose to foster or possibly adopt, um, don't let age be um, something that you're concerned with, because um, even older kids want a home and they need a home because some of them may be in facilities just because there's no place for them to go. Um, they may be at foster homes just waiting and waiting and waiting to be uh, transferred to an um, adoptive home. So I really encourage um, everyone, if you can find it in your heart to, um, you know, to foster uh, children. Um, DCS is great about it. They, they help you. Um, through it, like if you have a child that may have some um, needs or actions, you know, that you need uh, assistance with, they will help you. Um, they provide classes um, monthly. They have a monthly class. And right now it's Zoom based. Um, it's normally we all get together. They provide um, child care for your kids. We eat together. And then we talk about things that um, possibly would um you know, that that we're stressed out about, or we just need another adult or another foster parent to talk to. And then they teach us things. So um, it, it's really um, a great thing to have um, 
in place. So um, I've been blessed. I've never had a problem with a um, uh, my case manager. Um, as a foster parent, you're given a case manager and the child has a case manager. And normally it's two different people. So um, I can contact my case manager if I'm having any issues at all. And so um, I just want people to know and be comfortable that you won't be left alone um, if you choose to foster. Um, you have a lot of support. My uh, village has always been big and strong um, when I get placements. I mean, my friends and family, they just jump in feet first. It's almost like this is family now. You, you're at my sister's house or my niece's house, you're family. And so um, that's been great because when you have a village, sometimes just like your own biological child, they don't want to open up to you. They don't want to talk to you. Well, you got this big village that they can go to that you know are responsible people who love you and want the best for the child that can listen to that child and offer great advice. So. Um, the key to it is to, you know, have a great support system. Um, my church as well, great support system um, as well. It's just, um, I, I really, really um, enjoy doing it. Um, a foster parent, if you choose to do so, um, there's this thing called respite. And right now I also do respite care, which means um, if a foster parent needs a break, then they have a list and they can contact another foster parent. And because we're licensed homes, it doesn't really need to be cleared through DCS. They just need to know what home they're going to be in just so they, you know, you keep them updated. And so that means that if you need a break, I can watch your child for hours or days or maybe maybe a week. There is a cutoff time. Uh, don't quote me. It may be two weeks is the max, I believe. Um, but you can take a break. And what you have to realize is to never feel bad if you need a break. Because that's where um, a lot of foster parents have their problems. Um, I started off like that. I wanted to be able to handle it. I could do this. I was determined that I can love this issue right out of this child. I mean, I wouldn't send my kids to rest, but I'm like, to me, it seemed like it was rejection or something. So um, I didn't utilize it much. Well, now I have a lot of experience under my belt. I understand that uh, respite is okay. It doesn't mean that you can't handle it or or anything. Sometimes the kid wants a break from you, actually. <laughs> and so respite <laughs> is good in both ways um, for you and the child. And so um, it's nice to know that they're in a licensed home. You don't have to worry about anything because you know that uh, family has had a home study. They've had background checks, you know, things like that. You probably know a history or have been in meetings with them monthly for your hours or whatever. So um, it's just a really nice thing to have when you need a break. So um, if you approach fostering, you know, and you have a good support system or um, get you one together, and um, I think you would be successful in it because um, we need more foster homes. There are 
not enough foster homes for all the children. Even in our county, there are not enough foster parent um, homes to take in children. And sometimes a child will have to be detained somewhere. It's not because of what they did. It's because mm -hmm. they don't have a home. And so um, just to be able to be there, that temporary placement where you can, you know, teach that child, love on that child, um, install all the goodness, all the good things you can, you know, because they remember that the rest of their life. I don't care if that was in your house a day. I promise you the impact is great. From 2007 until now, I probably fostered close to 18 maybe, and I still have contact with all 18 in some kind of way. They still contact me. They still call me Nino. They still call my family or TT Shonda, TT Carmen, um, because we made them feel like family. And so um, I, I'm very, that, that speaks loud because some kids can seem like they don't, they don't want rules. They don't want structure, you know, but deep down a child needs structure. They need rules. They need to know who the parent of the house is. Um, all of that has to be defined because it may not have been defined before. And so all of those good things that you can um, instill in that child, whether it seems like they got it or not, they get some of it. They really do. And so um, I just want to, you know, talk about um, fostering, um, adopting and the adopting adoption process. So every year, November is National Adoption Month. And so um, you can adopt a child anytime. It doesn't matter what day you can adopt. A lot of people like to save it until adoption month where the court systems, um, I've been to a couple. Um, I, I go to uh, the system in uh, Marion and I come here to Delaware County. We have a big party. Um, adoptions are going left and right and people are excited. You know, you got people there taking pictures and giving the kids teddy bears and everything. It's just um it's just really wonderful because uh, you're just being a part or seeing a part of um, a child get their forever home. And uh, everyone wants a forever home and uh, everyone uh, needs a forever home. And so um, that's what I want for my children. Um, my whole goal is to stay connected with DCS as much as possible. Um, I am very detailed. So <laughs> I give updates pages long. You, you can ask them. Uh, I do, um, you know, for feedback and things like that. But um, it is great. You have a great support system. Will there be bumps in the road? Oh, absolutely. Will you want to feel like pulling your hair out sometimes? Absolutely. But if you have biological children, I'm pretty sure you wanted to pull your hair out. So you have to think of it like that. <laughs> Um, and plus you can't expect a, um, foster child to come into your home and just be all perfect. You have to realize the environment they came from. They're in foster care for a reason. So you have to know, you have to prepare yourself that this child has had some trauma, first of all, and not expect them 
to come in your house and act like a child that has grown up in your house. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to, um, you can teach them that, but it's like, um, you know, you need to consider what they've been through. And so um, in the cases, it's normally um, children have to be placed away due to like um, drugs. Um, very seldomly, me personally, have had uh, children who've been abused, like physically. Um, it's normally due to mom or dad, dad dealing with um, drugs and not being able to um, care for their children. And um, this um, title of being a foster parent can um, break me down most times because um, you have a child who loves their mother and they want to be home with their mother, their familiar place. And they're wondering, why am I here? You know, why am I here? What, you're just mad at my mommy. You know, kids can be like that. You're mad at my mommy. You don't like my mom. Um, so it, it's really heartbreaking to know that how much love that child has for a parent. And um, when they want them, you can't just say, okay, here they are. I'm going to call them. Mm -hmm. So um, those are like some heartbreaking um, things that um, you have to deal with. Um, and, and that's very real for me because down from the little one all the way up to the oldest one, they'll still say, you know, when, when can I go home? You know, I've had a few that, you know, may not have really was interested in, <laughs> in going back home. Uh, but the majority, over 90% want to go back home. And um, I want them to be able to go back home. Uh, fostering should be uh, temporary. Um, and so my goal is to um, get the child um, back home. And so anything, Tanika, before I go on? I don't want to do all the talking if you have anything. Well, well, I was going to say, um, you made a good point that the outcome of fostering is to reunite the family. That That's the number one goal mm -hmm. in fostering, correct? To reunite the family, to put them in a stable environment where they can back, transition back into the home. But there's a lot of yeah. times that that does not happen. And so exactly. when that doesn't happen, you still want to be able to let that child know that, like you say, the forever home, but before it becomes a forever home, it's an alternative to the home that they left. And a lot of yeah. times the children are confused. And like you said, they don't understand. Are you mad at my mom? Why am yeah. I in this situation? Why am I here? And the first thing that they try to do is reunite those children with family, correct? Yes, that is the very first thing. They do not go straight to foster parents at all. They go to any family, even friend that, that the parent specifies. So they yeah. really try. I mean, we are absolutely the last resort. They never I, just take any any child and immediately just place you somewhere. Their goal yeah. is to find, if you can't be with mom or dad or grandma, you know, is there an aunt, uncle, some family member you know, so yes, that that is true. They they try all family members, all possibilities first, and that's to keep the family connected. So exactly, it a smooth transition. But in some cases, 
that doesn't always happen. Exactly. And so thank God for people that do have a heart like yours to say, hey, mm-hmm. I want to step in there and I want to be able to be a transition home. And and I know firsthand how that looks because mm-hmm. my children have been in the foster system as well as been mm-hmm. placed in my care for kinship care. And so, you know, at the beginning of it, you know, we just thought, well, we're, we're going to go and we're going to take the classes and we're going to do what we can to become foster parents. And I did not realize the things and the, and everything that the child goes through, because I don't think that people understand that when that child gets removed from the home, it's not about the child ever. It's about the parents, you know, but the thing is, I think that it does need to be more focused on the child because the child doesn't really have a voice in saying, where yeah. they want to go or where they want to be placed and how this is being handled, yeah. you know? And so, I mean, at some point I like to see where the children are able. And when they're younger, like you said, even when they're younger, they can't really tell you what their needs are and yeah. where they want to be and what's going on. And I'm a firm believer that no matter what situation a child has been in, what situation you pull them out of, they want to be with that biological parent. Because because that's all they know. And so Mm -hmm. as as being placed in cares of others, the caregiver, that's something that I think that, and I don't know what they do now, but from what you got, you've been doing this for a while, that you really understand and you're a strong advocate for being able to reunite the family. But I think the caregiver Mm -hmm. needs to understand that transition and they need to understand the perspective of the child and where they're coming from because a lot of times they just feel like the children are out of control or they're but these may be good children these you know and a lot of times stigmas placed on foster children because they are in foster care so they automatically think because these child these children were a part of the foster care system that they have got some kind of problem or they're the one that is is you know And that's not necessarily the case. They could be really good children just coming from a bad situation. But because of that situation, it turns them into a certain way because they feel like they've been ripped apart from the only life that they knew. And so as a caregiver, we have to be understanding of it's not their fault. It's not, you know, they're acting out and they want to see how far they can push the limits sometimes. But it's only because they don't know you. Because even when my kids got placed here, it had been years since they had seen us. So they didn't know us like yeah. that because we mm-hmm. had been estranged from each other. And so it was a process of getting to learn each other and getting to understand that they're not bad people. They only want what's best for our family. And I'm thankful to God that because they were in Cincinnati and they had no clue the, the foster care system had no clue that they even had family until the, my oldest daughter says, hey, we got family in Indiana. I got a nana and I got an mm-hmm. aunt and I got an uncle. And thank God that she did that because they could have been adopted out and not, yeah. you know. And so I'm glad that they did reach out. And I'm glad we were in the capacity that we were to be able to bring them into our home. But again, we took on five children at one time. Was I prepared for that? Not at all. <laughs> so, oh, no. so that was in 2018. And looking back at it now, 
there's a lot of things that we could have did differently that we really didn't know. Mm-hmm. But kinship care was a little bit different than how foster care was, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we didn't get this, the kind of help we would have got if we were foster parents as far as the training and as far as the classes. Okay. Because mm-hmm. when we, our first child, we decided not to do foster care because it was kinship as well, but it was a totally different situation. But in this situation, you know, it was just like, oh, okay, their family, come on in. But no, we had to understand that what they were coming from, what they had been through, the the different things that they had seen. And then we had to get all of that stuff out of their system and help them. And, and, you know, they love their mother, but they don't want to go back home. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's too but the thing is one day I hope that they can be reconciled and have a relationship and so I just I wanted to just touch on that for a minute because there are family members that can step up that can have a say and it takes precedence the biological fathers they they have a say you know but I always believe in doing what is best for the child and sometimes that doesn't happen because the child doesn't have a voice and so I thank yes. you for sharing all of that information. And now, yes. um, if you would like to go ahead and talk about um, the adoption process and what it was for you, because I know how much you love children. You've always loved children. You've always been the mama. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I mean, just being caring and loving and, and just sharing your heart and not only you, but to have a husband that has to go through that, that says a lot. Yes. about the both of you and so I commend you both for opening up your hearts and your home you. and your love for one another to share that with your children so go ahead and talk about the adoption process and the and your children and and I don't mm-hmm. even look at them as adopted children because I when you are like 15 yeah. 18 I remember when they were little you know yeah. our kids and them and, and and my um 15 year old well 16 now they were all together at the same time and so to see how yes. they grown there are kids and that's the bottom line so go ahead yes. back back to where you were yes. okay they're kids so um the adoption uh process um uh it it took a little bit of time but um not much maybe a couple months um for my children we had to meet with a um a lawyer um wonderful lawyer here in Muncie, um, Indiana. And, um, you know, you sign the paperwork, you um, get your court date. um, And, you know, you basically um, go for your hearing. And then that's when they, it's almost like a marriage where they like pronounced it. This child is now Samara and Brian Whitley. And um, uh, we changed their names. to ours, they they even wanted their first names changed. Aww. I said no, we're, <laughs> we're not doing that. I said, but we we will change your middle and last name. And my husband has just been awesome because um, I wouldn't have went over his head if he didn't want to foster when we got married. Because actually, I was a foster parent first before I got married. But um, he loved the idea, and he's been um by my side ever ever since very supportive and sometimes the way the children react when they come into a home that has a mother and a father is unbelievable they look at the male like 
who are you? Why are you here? Um, it's not, they're not used to it. Um, but um, it, it's good for them, but they're, they're not used to it. Uh, they normally foster children tend to cling to the woman um, because they've been raised most likely by their mother. Um, that's been most of their um, care. But um, he, he's been with me all the way. Um, adoption, um, it meant a lot to us. Um, it, it was almost like, um, I can't really explain the feeling, like even when they lived with us for the two years, um, I already felt a connection to them. But um, at the hearing, and I had probably 30 people squeezed into that courtroom, <laughs> my church family, my friends, you know, we had it packed out. It was so fun. Brian got to bang the hammer and make it official. But um, it, it was a wonderful experience for us. Um, and because we did uh, foster, um, we were foster parents and adopted, that made it all the more easier because you've already had your home studies. You've already had your background checks. You've already did all of that. So basically the process is, okay, when can we get a date, you know, that, that we can get this done basically um, when you're a foster parent and then um, you end up um, adopting. Um, I would suggest that people become a foster parent first. Um, and I don't want people to think in adoption process, like they just give you a kid and like, this is yours. We're going to set up a date and you have, that is not, the way it happens. They actually, they don't want, DCS does not want dis disruptions. So you actually have to have that, have that child, um, I don't know if it's still the same, but for at least six months, um, because they want to make sure that you are sure that this is what you want for your family. So even with that process, it had been two years, so we didn't have to um, worry about that. And plus, by that time, they're already a part of our regular routine, our daily routine. And so um, it just kind of flowed um, really, really nicely. Um, there were some bumps in the road, some anxiousness, you know, um, but we got through it. Um, the The judge was um, awesome. Everybody there was, was awesome. They made it uh, really fun for the kids. You get... Um, they ask you, you know, they ask, are you going to take just like a marriage? I mean, they they ask you and, you know, your spouse or if you're single, you and they ask you things about the child. Are you going to love this child and, you know, care for this child, you know, and all of that? Um, they do that. And, and so it's a very um, special occasion. And so that's why we um, we wanted to share it with um, all the people who were. Um, a part of their lives the whole time. So um, DCS always has a, a good attorney um, when it comes to adoption. Um, so there are no worries there. You don't have to find anybody. If you want to, you can, but um, there's no stress of finding someone. Um, you know, the attorney used it is great. And so... Um, Let me ask you, you said DCS supplies the attorney for adoption? Well, if you're a foster parent, then they use an attorney. And so 
it's kind of more details that um, I could probably get people information on if they want to okay. know more about it. But um, they don't they don't per se own this person. They just know they could get this person to do okay. an adoption. Yeah. And so um, it normally works out uh, better that way. But um, I'm sure you can use anybody you want to use. But um, I'll say her name, Rebecca, Rebecca Bruce. You're wonderful. You're awesome. Uh, she's my friend on Facebook, but um, she was um, our attorney for the adoption. And um, even the years I went to the national adoption uh, ceremony that they have every year in November, um, it's good because she's there, you know, floating between Muncie and Marion and, and uh, uh, being there for all the adoptions and everything. And so um, it, it's really... Um, really you know a great experience so um i just want people to know that you don't have to stress over that like okay so finally we're gonna decide we're gonna decide to adopt this foster child now what do we got to do Do we got to do this 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 and this it's like basically that part you don't have to worry about because if you're a foster parent then dcs pretty much takes care of of all of that um and like i said basically the only thing is you know um getting dates together um documentation there is paperwork you know of course there's paperwork in in everything you do so just like um the packet you have to fill out with fostering um you have to fill out papers for uh adoption uh it's not it's quite as big as the packet for fostering, <laughs> but um, they do have a um, packet that you fill out for um, um, information where you fill out and um, for fostering. And um, you get birth certificates, um, like my kids' birth certificates have me as the mother, my oh. husband as the father, um, social security cards. So everything, like they went back and everything is under our name now. So did and, they uh, distribute new social security cards or they just change the name? They just update the name like when you get married? Uh, you, depending on the situation, you can request for your child to have a new social security number in the event that you think maybe somebody has it and could do something with it. I'm sure, um, you know, that probably doesn't happen, but if you're that concerned, um, I'm pretty sure um, they could take care of that part with the social security card. But yes, we have we um, have birth certificates. We have, uh, and when you adopt, you are given a certificate that they like they have ready for you, and um, they present it to you, and it's um, uh, paperwork with with your name on it, like you know, almost like you have a a, a newborn baby, you know, or something. It's like, um, and even with I'll throw this in, even with some in employers, um, they um, take adopting just like maternity leave. So mm -hmm. an adoptive parent can have the same um, treatment as a birth mom. And so even if you're adopting a 10 year old, you get your 12 weeks at most employees because they even realize the um, awesomeness of um adopting and um and so they they give you uh time off there's even fmla for foster parents 
Um, if you need to take time uh, with the child, you're covered with that. So um, they've set it up to, to really, they, they want to help children. So um, they set it up to where they, they do whatever they can to try to, um, you know, help you and help the child. Because it can be um, kind of stressful. You're taking in a child, everything's new, depending on what traumas they've been through. You may need a week or two mm-hmm. to just, mm-hmm. um, you know, get everything settled in, get the child settled in, uh, make them feel more comfortable or whatever. So it's, it's really nice that you are um, given time if needed um, to do that. We didn't take our 12 weeks or anything, but um, but it, it was available um, if we wanted it. And so um, you do um, get that. So yes, birth certificates, Social security numbers, um, if you want, um, um, if there's a, a good reason to change the social security number, you can get it changed. Um, so that, that's offered to you. So you um, just take your paperwork and you go down to the social security office and then they take care of it. And then they they mail them in the, you know, mail them to you just like they would do if you were going for your own or your own biological child. So um, let me say, am I missing anything else about adoption? Uh, Oh, I I did want to say um, something with foster parenting that that can be an issue with foster parents. Okay, um, those of you who know me know I'm, I'm, I'm a firm, I'm, I have order, there must be order in my home. And all of this, um, that's just how me and Wilhelm are. But um, when it's time for a child to go back home, don't judge that parent because their house doesn't look like yours. They're like, if that mother or father or both have done exactly what the court system asked of them, right down to the T to where their children could move back into them. Don't critique. If, if the judge says it's safe, pretty much um, leave it at that is what I'm mm-hmm. saying, because they may not have all of that. But I'm telling you, if somebody would have took me away from my mother, I, I shiver now thinking of how I would have felt if that happened. That's why I'm so passionate about you know, I know how a child would feel if that happened. And so um, I always put myself in, in a child's uh, shoes in, in situations like that. But don't um, be really critical because it doesn't matter if that mother has a, a one bedroom with four kids. As uh, long as they got food, mm-hmm. the kids are safe. They have love, you know, protection, water. He, that's all that child cares about. They just want their mama. (laughs) They just want their mama. And if they have a good, um, if they have that, then those kids are good. They they will choose to go with their mama. I think it's a misconception sometimes that if a child is removed from a home, then it's always a bad situation. And that's not necessarily always the case. You know, there are some bad situations out there, but there's some 
circumstances that happen that lead to these situations. Yes. And so your husband said if they have the bare minimum, it's what they are looking for. And so yes. I think what he means by that is no matter what the parent has, as long as the parent is there, that's where the child wants to be. And yes. I think the misconception comes from, well, that child had to be in a bad situation. No, sometimes things just happen. And so, you know, sometimes yes. it, 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 um, it bothers me in other situations where a child has been removed from a home under a misunderstanding or something to that case, because yeah. now it can become this long drawn out ordeal that could have been handled a different way. And I, yeah. I'm a firm believer that children are the environment of whatever they grew up in. And, and we haven't always had the best environment, but it was yeah. what it was, you know? Yeah. And, and I think sometimes it can be more damaging to remove that child than to keep them. But I'm saying all that to say, but if that does happen, the home that they go into needs to be a home that is welcoming and inviting with love, that yeah. isn't tearing that parent down, that isn't discouraging exactly. the child to want to be back with the parent, but just letting them know that sometimes things happen. Yeah. It's not your fault. It may not even be the parent's fault. It's the situation, and I'm here to help you through that situation. So I commend you and your husband yeah. both for being able to do that because I don't think a lot of people understand the ins and the outs. I think it's the fact that, well, I'm going to be a foster parent, place them in my home. It's not that simple because exactly. there's a lot, a lot that goes along with that. Yes, so a lot. Yeah. Yes. They just have to know that that child will have some trauma and you have to be, um, patient with that, okay with that, and understand that it's not just going to be a bowl of cherries all the time. But like I said, mm -hmm. it may not be a bowl of cherries with biological children. I mean, kids are kids. They um, um, may have some issues, um, but they, um, if you're there for them and love them, most of the time they respond. Um, mm -hmm. to you. And sometimes kids can feel like it's their fault when they're in foster care. It's hard to convince a child that they didn't do anything wrong. Right. They'll think that it's their fault. And it's like, no. And you, and you can't like bad mouth their moms or dads, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that in front of that child. Um, you shouldn't do it at all, but especially in front of the child, because whether or not you think they're listening, they hear you mm -hmm. and um they're they're going to act out even the more if they think you don't you know like their mom or dad or you know something like that they'll think that you just want them and you don't want mm -hmm. to give them back and so uh kids will come up with all kinds of things even teenagers they'll come up with all kinds of things in their head so it's important to let them know I care for you. I care for your mom and your dad. I'm going to be here for you guys. Um, because like when you get a placement, if you're like getting a placement, you know, they have court, you know, probably the next day, day of, you know, you go to court. Well, the next court date may not be for three months, you know? So it's like, it's normally like three court dates are set out like three months or whatever but sometimes the, the the judge leaves it to where things can transpire before court date so which is good um 
because otherwise, you know, parents could do everything they need to do, but they got to wait three whole months to get their child back. And that's not always the case just because the court date is set out um, three months. So, um, yes, it's, it's important to um, maintain your your um, your firmness, but also show love. And it's possible to do both, not friendship. Um, that's just a personal advice. You're not your kid's friends, you know, because if you approach them as your friend, then one day they're going to treat you like their friend and their peer, and they're going to overstep their boundaries. Mm -hmm. uh, they need to know that you are a mom, you are a dad, or you are a foster mom, you are a foster dad. Um, and they really, in their head, they respect that. I've had kids that we go to the restaurant. They're like, wow, they've never been to a restaurant. Can you imagine here in Muncie, kids never been to a restaurant or thinking, oh, you're rich because you go in the store and buy a shirt. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable um, what kids go through. I took a child to the mall and they said, I never got anything out of the mall before. One kid never been to the mall. It's like, can you imagine these kids is like living in their own little community, you know, mm -hmm. and they haven't experienced anything. Mm -hmm. And so um, we love, um, you know, just showing our foster kids uh, life. Like if we're going out of town, you know, some people, it, it's okay either way. But if we're going out of town, then, and we know in advance, we're contacting DCS because we're taking them with us. You know, mm -hmm. we want them to experience uh, things, fun things, you know, things like that. Um, so if there's, you know, if DCS approves it, then, you know, we take them places and they are always just so grateful. And that part can kind of uh, tug at your heart as well, because we take things for granted. Like you just think, OK, who, you know, OK, I'm just going in the store. Or, yeah, we're just going to Red Lobster for dinner, you you don't think twice about it, but that kid is looking at you like, yes. you got money. And that's because they've never been able to do that. And so um, mm -hmm. it's just a lot of things to it. Um, like I said, it's not a bowl of cherries. Um, you'll have moments to where you, you just um, you just want to cry because you, you don't realize this is going on right in your town. Yeah. Um, you, you just realize it. And and it's real. It it does happen um, locally. Uh, but just to um, offer them love, let them know someone cares. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. You cannot be wishy-washy with a foster child and you cannot be wishy-washy with your own child because they pick up on that and they will they will play that. So um it's always good to have boundaries and things like that with uh, children because they're depending on us to lead them in the right direction. Normally kids, they don't really want to go in the right direction, but that's why they're a kid. So I always tell kids, um, I always have an advantage over you because I'm an adult and I've been a kid. You're a kid and you've never been an adult. So I know a little bit more than you. So trust me on this one. And so I always let them know I, I've got a little bit more experience because I've been a kid. I, I know the tricks. I, I know the 
the sneakiness. I know all of that. I was a kid. And so um, I talk to them freely. They they appreciate my openness. I am very open. Like nothing is off limits, no conversation, no nothing. You can't tell me something you did that was bad or or whatever, where I'm going to like be so shocked that I'm like, oh my God, you know, no, no. It's like, I'm here. We can talk. I'll get you help. We'll start counseling, whatever I can do to help that child and to help the family um, get back together if possible. Now, don't get me wrong. If the, if the family or parent is not right, that is not what I want for the child. I want them to be someplace safe. But if that parent gets their self together and they work to get their child back, then I want them back. I want them to go back. Yep. And so I think safety is the biggest factor for the parent and the child in that in that case. Um, before we end this, I would like for you to speak to the children that are over 13, 13 to 18, that age group possibly that often get overlooked. What is can you give us maybe some numbers on how many of those children don't get placed in what is the outcome for those children um for children that oh that the chance of adoption unfortunately is very very slim just because of people um you know thinking the worst because they're older they're set in their ways and everything so it's not really good but there are thousands in indiana um in our county, and uh, we're considered uh, Region 7 um, here. So Region 7 consists of uh, Adams County, Wells County, Grant, Blackford, Jay, Randolph, and Delaware County. Uh, that's a region. And in that region alone, you're still looking at um, like in the thousands. But that's how many kids, you know, in, in the need a home in Indiana. Um, so Say if you have a child and they're older and you have them for a couple years in foster care, because once a child reaches a certain age, they can make a decision if they want to be adopted or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just in case you didn't know that once a child turns, I don't really want to guess on the age. Thinking it's 15, but don't quote me on that. I just know that once it's a certain age, a child can say, um, no, I don't want to be adopted. You know, it's okay that I stay in foster care, but I don't want to be adopted, you know, which is fine. You know, so you just know that that child will be with you for the remainder until they age out. So if a child ages out, which is what it's called in foster care, um, <clears throat> sorry, they have some wonderful programs for uh, children that age out in, in foster care. It's almost like a system built up, almost like, how our biological kids would have that that family support when they leave the house at 18 or whatever it's like um they have a support where when they leave when they leave the house they support them as well like they just don't the child turns 18 and they just like oh well you're done no you're not um those kids can get um free college free room and board um they can get assistance with um their living expenses um all of that they they don't leave the kids out to dry just because they're 18 they realize that 
that child still needs, just like your biological 18-year-old still needs you, that foster child that aged out still needs somebody. And uh, it, it's always a great idea to stay in their life. I mean, if you didn't adopt them, that's fine. It doesn't mean that you disconnect as soon as they leave. So um, they love it. I, I had a child, an 18-year-old, um, that stayed with me. And so um, she was 17, but she was turning 18. And so um, it switches. I believe the name is Independent Living that they switch over to. They could be a, young, a little younger um, than that that they switch over to where they start teaching you skills of how to prepare to be on your own or go to school or get a job. They help you do all of that, you know, so you can utilize all of that. But there are sad cases where kids age out and, you know, um, it's their choice if they, you know, want to stay and, and get the, the benefits you know, that they're offered or if they are 18 and they want to say, I'm done, they have a right to say, I'm done. I don't suggest that with any foster child. Um, it, it's Some have chose to do that and it, it's just not a good decision. Um, they, they offer support and, and it's a great support system that they have. And you know, they take you get groceries and, you know, everything like that. They assist you with finding a job, you know, so um, they do have that uh, for children who age out. And it's uh, great that if the foster parents can um, stay in contact with them, if they had, whether they adopted them or not. Great. Well, Zanita, thank you so much for taking the time out and coming on and sharing this information. Can you um, let everyone know who's watching or who may watch the replay, how they can get involved in foster care and who they may be able to contact for adoption? Okay, um, for foster care, you just contact our lo local DCS office on Kilgore. Um, you can call them, um, I'll give her name um, and she can point you in the right direction but uh, Corey McCoy, um, you can call that person um, and she can get you set up. Um, they have packets, I believe, um, if you want to start the process of becoming a foster uh, parent, they have packets that you can pick up and they even, because it's a fairly large packet, they even have classes, I believe on Saturdays. I'm not for sure how it is with the pandemic right now, but they have classes on Saturdays where they assist you and help you, you know, to understand all the paperwork. So um, you would just contact your local um, DCS office and um, whoever answers can can lead you in the right direction. Or you can um, email me. I'll find you the right person. Um, it's my first and last name, Zanita Whitley at gmail.com. And if you're interested or have questions, um, they do um, offer to speak at, at, at groups. Like if you want to get people together and um, about this, they will speak to you. You know, they'll come out, give you information, speak to you. So um, the information is available. So um, if you uh, have any questions, I'll try to answer the best of my ability or point you in the direction of someone who can. 
All right, great. Well, we thank you, Zanita, for coming and sharing that information. Also, I'll post some of that information on my website if anybody has any other questions or concerns or wants to advocate or help or just volunteer. Um, mm -hmm. Foster care and adoption is very important. There are so many children. Like Zanita said, there are thousands, even teenagers that are looking for homes that just need a safe place, just need some love and some kindness. That's what we need more of, period, in this world. Let's not continue to let young people turn into adults that don't feel like there is any love for them out there. Yeah. So you with the heart and the mind and the opportunity to be able to open your home, please do so because it is so much needed. And like Zanita said, it's not any certain race. It's all races that need to be a foster parent because there are children of all races and all ages that need a loving home. Yeah. Will you that loving home? Support and I, I want to add one more thing, Tanika, that um, just to um, make it clear for people who may not understand. Um, when you become a licensed foster parent, you do not have to accept all the calls. You may get a call and they say, we have a child that has X, Y, and Z, and you're like, oh, I, I, I can do X and Z, but I can't do the Y, then it's okay to say no. It, they do not penalize you for turning down, you know, something like that. So don't think just because you're a foster parent, the first thing that happens or you get a call in the middle of the night that you, you have to do that. Like I am on a list of where call me if the child is school aged. You know, so the only time I would get a call is if they can't find anyone like for a, a, a younger child is if they can't find anyone or nobody answers the phone. You know, they they may call me, but I'm like last resort because I'm on a different list. So you can specify things as being um, a foster parent as well. You're not bound into some contract where you have to take all kids if it's something you feel like you can't deal with. Um, like certain medical issues that you're not comfortable with or not trained on, that is totally fine. That's why we need such a, um, a, a great variety because there's somebody who knows how to deal with the X, Y, and the Z and the medical challenges that a kids have. And, and, and they love doing that. So um, if you decide to become a foster parent, um, just know um, it, you can say no, you know, to certain things. So that is okay. So. All right. Okay. Well, again, we thank you for your time. And um, Zanita's information is on the screen, ZanitaWhitley at gmail.com. <clears throat> again, you can check the website later. I'll have information on there to lead you to where you need to go. And also, you can call DCS and they will help you out. So if you, again, have the heart, the mind, and the soul to open your home, please do so. It is much needed. And, and it's a great reward behind it. And so on that note, we will go ahead and end this today. But I thank you for joining us today. We've had some really good thank sessions. Thank you for having me. Some really good information. Earlier today, we had a gentleman from the Indiana Commission for the social, um, the social status of black males. And so now going from foster care to adoption, I think they can all tie into each other because some of those males have been in the foster system at one time or another. So before we go any further in this world with our males being hurt or killed or displaced, put in prison, 
or our girls being turned out and turned to the streets or anything like that. Let's stand up for this cause so that we can make a difference in the lives of those who may not otherwise have that help. If that's you, please do something today. Be an advocate, volunteer, give your time. It's the best thing that you can do. And always remember, you were created with a purpose. God bless you and good night. Night.